Welcome to the Startup Help Desk. We are here to answer your questions about building companies, starting companies, and the meaning of life. All the questions are submitted by listeners just like you, and our panelists are all successful investors, founders, company builders, here to share our hard lessons with you so you don't make all the same mistakes that have made us so bitter and curmudgeonly. My name is Sean Burns. I've been a founder about 20 years of companies like Flurry and Outlier. These days I do investing and advising. And I'm joined by two illustrious panelists who have started and run many more companies than me, Ash and Nick. Hi, everybody. My name's Ash Rust. I'm a pre-seed investor based in San Francisco. I mostly invest in B2B companies based in the US, UK, and Canada through a fund I started called Sterling Road. I've also worked at other VCs like Trinity Ventures and Bullpen Capital as an advisor. And then before investing, I was an entrepreneur myself, most notably at the social media company Clout and the co-founder and CEO of SendUp. Nowadays, I spend most of my time coaching founders and have helped more than 1,500 startups over the years. Hey, this is Nick Melionis. I am co-founder and CEO of a startup called Navi. We help people learn innovation skills and bring new ideas to life. Along the way, I've had a chance to support hundreds of startup founders. And as always, excited to be here. Thanks so much. And due to popular demand, we have another guest speaker who's returning to join us again to help answer our questions today. Kat Mignolik of Y Combinator. Kat, thanks for joining us again. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. I am Kat Mignolik, a head of outreach at Y Combinator. Uh, basically, that means everything external at YC. So video, social media, press, content, uh, and YC company launches. I've been at YC for almost 10 years now, um, which means I've seen about 3,500 companies go through the program. And uh, prior to that, I was chief of staff to Alexis Ohanian, the uh, co-founder of Reddit. And I was at Wired Magazine. Very cool. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, we'll talk later about how you made so many life mistakes you ended up on our podcast, but that's a topic for future. <laughs> right now, our goal is to answer some questions from founders. And today, all of our questions are about managing conflict. Anyone who's been in a leadership position has dealt with conflict. It's not surprising we get a lot of questions about conflict. So today, we're going to try to provide a bunch of points of view on how to manage conflict. If you have a question we'd love to answer in a future episode, whether or not it's about conflict or something else, drop us a line on our website, thestartuphelpdesk.com, or on Twitter at thestartuphd. We collect all of our questions from you, and then we answer them, so we'd love to answer your questions in a future episode. But let's move on to answering questions about conflict. So first up, question for you all. My co-founder is the CTO. By the way, I'm not asking this question. This was submitted. My sure. co-founder is the CTO. <laughs> but he disagrees with my decisions as a CEO and wants to leave. The company can't survive without him. What do I do? That is a harsh situation. Ash, what do you think, man? Well, I would start with one of those D-locks, the ones that they can't cut through with an angle grinder. That usually secures <laughs> most things pretty well. But um, more, more seriously... Uh, it really does depend on how far gone we are. If the relationship is completely broken down, then you may have to just accept reality. And that includes this person's departure. I know you may not believe the company can survive without them. And that may be true. But nevertheless, we are moving forward from this broken junction. I think if we do have the option of recovery, then the obvious places to go are regular one-on-ones, setting clear boundaries for ownership around projects, and then mutual recognition, acknowledging each other's skill sets and successes through the process. If you do that intensely over even a few weeks and a couple of months, perhaps you, you might find a lot of uh, repair in the relationship. But honestly, if, they, if we're at this point and you're having these kinds of discussions, I would start looking for someone else. 
Ooh, harsh news. Kat, you see more companies than we do at YC. What's your call on this one? Yeah, we actually, there's a founder coach named Amy Beekler, and she works with many YC companies and leads a co-founder communication session at YC. And she always highlights the fact that founder conflict isn't necessarily because of a failing relationship. It's because of a lack of process. So these one-on-ones that Ash is talking about, we highly recommend that you set up weekly founder syncs. So like 60 to 90 minutes, because this kind of consistency will relieve that, that anxiety. Um, and you can practice giving each other feedback, which is even you know helpful for when you start hiring people. So hopefully you never get to the point where you know you don't have good communication with your co-founder and you know just want to kick them out. Hopefully you've, you've tried to build that relationship before you get there. Hey, Kat, on when as it relates to this weekly founder sync. So I'm assuming that when you recommend that, some founders are going to say we're working side by side every day. What's the difference for now adding in this specific sync? How do you differentiate between that to make it clear the value that you get from this new type of weekly sync? Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a it, there is a difference, uh, you know, between working just side by side and having a dedicated sixty to ninety minutes where you you know basically ask each other for feedback. You you know go through over you know the pieces that you're struggling with, and we actually have a whole list of questions that we recommend founders go through together. Awesome. So taking that time on a weekly basis um, or every two weeks if you absolutely have to, I think that's that's an important practice. Yeah, I love that plan. Well, a question for all of you, which is, I, in my experience, when somebody mentions they want to leave, it's just a matter of time before they do. It's not a question of if, it's when, because people don't bring it up until it's been brewing for a while. And then it kind of, you know, you, you can paper over it for a while. You can maybe hold on to them for longer, but at some point they're going to leave because if once it's brought up, it never goes away again. Has that just been my bad experience or is that something that y'all see consistently as well? Very consistent with that. 100% of the time, once there are Mm -hmm. any doubts, there's no doubt. Wow. Well, there you go. It's hard to make it back from that. Yeah. Yeah, We've got a Dickens novel building here, folks. This is all the (laughs) (laughs) news. It was the tale of two startups. It was the best of times. It was the worst of capital markets. Okay. Ash, save us from my horrible Dickens and tell us what else we have in our question queue for today. Okay, next question. My head of product and head of engineering are constantly fighting and don't get along at all. It's hurting our productivity to the point where we're not really shipping anymore. How do we resolve this? So I'll I'll kick this one off. Um, So I think that the first thing to understand is that everyone fights, co-founders, co-workers, like interpersonal conflict or disagreement is totally healthy in a team. But in this case, I, you know, this seems like it's gotten to an unhealthy level and I would address this immediately. I don't think this is something that goes away on its own. So, you know, if you are their manager, I would, you know, hear out both sides, you know, allow people to vent, you know, empathize, um, and then try to address the conflict as a team, you know, ask the questions, help build a solution together and, but give it a timeline, you know, don't, don't just, you know, sort of peace out after that and figure out like, you know, whether on a short enough timeline if this is going to work out. What does success look like for that? Does it, is, are they stopping fighting? Are we getting to some new level of productivity again? Can you set a metric against it for that timeline? Yeah, I think so. I think there should be 
you know, specific metrics you're looking for or specific uh, goals you're looking to hit um, to understand whether this dynamic is still working. And Kat, on that note, so I love the way you frame this. And when it comes to the success metric, it seems that the winning ticket is likely it's production. It's some something is happening that's relating to people now producing again. It seems that likely is the stronger tie-in versus just trying to see the quote-unquote volume of conflict go away. Do you feel similarly about that? Yes, exactly. Yes. Nice. Yeah, I like the way you framed all this. And I'll add a few a few notes. One is that, Kat, the way you put this was great. Hoping that this will resolve itself is a terrible process. These things have essentially never resolved themselves on their own. And so if it works for you, congrats, because I wouldn't bet on it. The And often when it comes to these kind of conflicts, it's typically rooted in not having alignment on something. And one thing we mentioned in the prior question was also talking about process. So perhaps there's misalignment on the process and that's leading to conflict. Or perhaps there's misalignment on how you're prioritizing uh, product decisions or engineering decisions. Typically, the, the conflict's rooted in that. And so investigating and triaging it, the way Kat mentioned, is great. One last thing I'll note is that uh, not shipping is bad. It's bad because it's bad for the company. It's also terrible for the culture of the company. And so this is something that's so important to move on quickly. And I would expect it to take more time early than you think. So to think, oh, we'll have a meeting today and then a meeting next week, very unlikely to lead to the results versus saying we have to take massive action this week and give it the time this week. That's more likely to drive the results that you need. Uh, there's a meta question in there, right? Which is, if your head of product engineering are not shipping, even if you can resolve this issue, isn't there a meta question about them? Because it for them, even if they're fighting, even if they're unhappy, they should be like, we still have to ship. We have to find a way. Mm-hmm. And if they can, I almost wonder if the problem is them as people rather than the conflict. What do you all think? That would be my suggestion. I, I think that if you have somebody in the company or two people in the company who are more interested in getting into uh, arguments with someone else or proving someone else wrong versus hitting their uh, KPIs, then there's a new pasture for them to go and explore. And perhaps that ties into Kat's thought about give this a timeline where you've got a really clear, Mm -hmm. specific timeline to say, we need to see results by then. Otherwise, you have to make some swift decisions. Fair enough. And so that's a really good point, though. What would the role of the MMA cage match be in this case, though? Do you all think that you bring that in earlier or later on? (laughs) I think paintball. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There it is. Uh, You have an easy success success metric there, you know, number of hits. It's possible many (laughs) board meetings would be more productive if everybody was given a paintball gun at the beginning of the meeting. It's possible. It's certainly been more exciting than the spreadsheets that (laughs) I have to review Uh, right now. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's good. Oh, I love it. I love it. Although we're in danger of only answering two questions about conflict, and I don't want to fight about this, uh, pun intended. So, Nick, save us. What's the last question in our queue for today? All right, let's do it. So, a founder asked us this question One of our investors got angry in our last board meeting, and we had a pretty big fight. I'm worried about what it means for our future. How can I repair the relationship? Sean, this was not about me. me. Very, very important. We'll add a few disclaimers about who this wasn't about. Of this question. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's great. 
Oh man, well, let me jump in. I have I have been in many board meetings that have gotten to be screaming matches, unfortunately, none of which involved me. But I'll say this: first off, I mean we're, <laughs> we're recording this in the middle of 2023. Uh, the market is harsh. There's a lot of venture investors that are under stress. Um, stress is high, and when stress is high, people get angry more quickly. That is not an excuse. That does not make it okay. But it does mean in certain environments, people are going to be more quick to anger than otherwise. The best thing to do is, you know, if you get into a heated fight in business, it doesn't require, if you're with your board meeting, it's with your leadership team, it really doesn't matter. You take a breath, you calm down, you apologize, you reset the relationship. Pretending like it didn't happen won't help. And just letting it sit won't help either. Just confront it. You know, we're professionals, we're adults, we can get through it. You can understand where the anger came from. That's not an excuse. It doesn't make the anger okay. But understanding where it came from can help. Um, you set up environments in the future where maybe it won't be as as close to the surface. But let's be honest, at the same time, people get angry with people all the time. If you can get to know your investors outside of the board meeting, they know you as a person instead of just as a, a role you're playing. Hopefully, maybe you can't be friends, but at least if you have a relationship, maybe they're going to see you for the person and they're not going to shout at you in the meeting and call you horrible names. And I have been shouted out and called horrible names in meetings and these things, but I found the investors that I know better outside of board meetings are less likely to do that in my experience. But Kat, you see this a lot more than I do. Um, what do you think? Yeah, what, what you said is perfect. It's, you know, it's hopefully people aren't so stressed that they're yelling at each other. And, but, but, you know, this whole, even just disagreements at a, at a normal, you know, sort of level, uh, it's, it's uncomfortable. And so I think, you know, it's good to get comfortable uh, with conflict a little bit. Um, I used to be very conflict avoidant. And I think being at YC forces you to, uh, to learn to get more comfortable with it. So I was, you know, in a partner meeting uh, a long while back, like when I first started. And, you know, I, two of my partners were in this like heavily heated debate. And it, at, yeah, at first I was like sweating a little bit. Like, I was like, this is a little uncomfortable. But after the meeting, you know, one goes up to the other and said, hey, you know, like, I'm sorry if that got heated. You know, I, this isn't personal. I'm just really passionate about it. And they were like, oh, this is, this is all right. And so um, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I need to kind of get comfortable, to, you know, with this sort of direct style of communication and, and uh, you know, because it's going to happen. And it's, it's better to address, as you said, like directly and be honest versus just like let, you know, try to hide things under the rug. And, and for what happens if you pick the wrong board member and they're just a terrible person? <laughs> No, that sucks. <laughs> oh my god, I have PTSD because I've done that. I picked the wrong board member. And yeah, I've, I've, I think so many people have. It's not I an actually, uncommon story. Well, first of all, feel free to look down the Sterling Road portfolio for a long list of people who are upset about that decision. I will. I will tell you. I was in a board meeting once. I was the CEO, and we were having a somewhat heated debate. And the board member stopped the meeting to, to inform everyone that I was too young to understand what we were talking about. That is the classic, I'm stopping the board meeting marker, by the way. So if if when that happens all the time, especially like this year, but when a board member who's older says, you know, pulls rank on on something around like, I'm older than you, I'm I'm more experienced. I'm definitely stepping in and making sure everyone's thinking about Care Bears. Because it's clear at that point (laughs) that we're way beyond having a real conversation I mean, everyone's got millions of dollars on the line here. It's all grown-up stuff, right? So there's really no point just getting into ageism early. 
I agree. And, and the irony, I wasn't that young. I think I was 25 or 26 at the time. Anyway, it was, uh, that was unfortunate. Well, to be fair, also- it was the 16th century back then. So time. <laughs> so here's a, here's a way to flip this question though. Like is, are there times it's okay to get angry? Are there any times when it's okay for anger to flare up in a professional setting in a board meeting, or is it always going to be bad? I think there's a, line between assertiveness versus anger, especially when it comes to delivering the right kind of message. So my take would be a heavy dose of assertiveness is often in season versus getting into the angry side of things. Yeah, Passion is always valuable. Anger never helps. I would, I would agree. agree. With that. You can have, I, you could have, you know, disagreements without getting, you know, to the level of anger. I think that's true. I think the minute you get angry, all of a sudden your 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 critical thinking skills are shut off, your executive function shutting off, and and there's no productive end to that. It doesn't like you're going to come into some sort of profound realization. When your emotional centers take over, then you're best to just walk away and cool down and come back. I agree with that. Okay, we're almost out of time. We have a few questions here in the lightning round. I'm going to ask these questions of y'all. Quick 10-second answers. Uh, we'll go in order here. When should you tell your investors about a co-founder conflict, Kat? Oh, I would say uh, tell them if uh, you're unable to, uh, you know, kind of uh, come to an agreement between the co-founders and, and you need the board to step in or you need the investors to step in. It's, uh, I would say it's, you have to get pretty far. Ash. I agree. I think it has to be pretty bad. You either have to be considering uh, an exit or it needs to be so bad that you need someone else to step in and resolve a question. Nick? The only wrinkle I'll add here is that whether you should tell your investors or an investor, if you're really close with one or a few investors, you can tell them as soon as you realize that you can't resolve this conflict on your own. So moving with some haste there can be good. Fair enough. One more lightning question. Um, How bad does a conflict need to be before I should consider firing someone? Ash? If there are any doubts, there are no doubts. I think that if you start to see that someone's productivity has slipped at all and they're not performing, you can't really give someone more than just a few weeks of feedback before they've got to go, unfortunately, especially in a time like this, mid-2023. Yeah, first lever, of course, is if it's lack of production, that already is the sign that there's an issue. And of course, if that includes conflict, then it means essentially they're not producing anything. And so you got to move swiftly. Cat. Yeah, I say give it a timeline. I think what Ash said is right. Give it a couple of weeks. Be really clear about what you're looking to see and, and then move forward if you have to. Fair enough. Uh, sobering episode talking about conflict. And frankly, there's more conflict to be had in harder times. And we certainly see harder times here in mid-2023. So hopefully this will we'll be We'll have to do an upbeat episode next time. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of managing conflict, managing success. What do you do with those bags of money that start showing up right. at your office? Yeah, yeah that's a great episode. Island. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What do Everybody I do? gets monster trucks. Yes. <laughs> that is true. We never get questions where somebody's like, listen, my margins are over 100%. What do I do with all my money? Right. Oh, right. Me and my on, co-founder on. are really getting along. Should we bring in a third person? <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> well, that's a good challenge to all of y'all out there. Ask us some questions that are a little bit more positively oriented in the future so we can have more positive episodes. Submit them on our website, thestartuphelpdesk.com or on Twitter at thestartuphd. We'd love to have a positive upbeat episode based on your positive 
upbeat questions, but we get it. I mean, conflict's a big issue, so appreciate the honesty and, and people asking these questions. We can counter them. And and thanks to Kat for joining us. You put up with our humor Woo! for yet another episode yeah. for reasons that escape even the most wise. Thank of us. you. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, I really Patrick appreciate Nick, it. As always, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Bye. And I am out. The Startup Help Desk is closed. Thank all of you for listening. In the meantime, until we're back again, good luck in building your business. Mm-hmm.